Hi, I'm Mark Trailer from Christianity Without the Crap, the new podcast. And I never, ever listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore, except when I do. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us, episode 490 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined today by the lovely, the talented, the advice rejecting Brittany Page. Well, not in all cases. Not in all cases. You're, you're, no. You're, no, you're right. Not in all cases. You're just... <laughs> Don't paint me as someone well, who well, can't change and well, accept information. Well, what and- is the deal? You, here, well, we got some news. Some mm-hmm. news. Mm-hmm. Not political. Personal. You, you got a new job. I did. You're going to be working as an inpatient therapist at an acute psychiatric hospital Mm -hmm. and there are many people in your life that you you when something like this is big Mm -hmm. it's in your field it's a big deal Mm -hmm. that you tell hey this is what's going on Mm -hmm. and then people they give some advice some and you (laughs) well let me specify it's not it's not just everybody it is there are certain people that I will talk to that are um, parental adjacent figures. Oh, yeah, there is a common theme. And well, I think that's what I've traced it to is when it is someone who is like old enough to be my parent and kind of has known me for a long time. And that's a kind of our relationship. Yeah. And then they start trying to, like, give me direction and advice about something. I I start getting very annoyed. And I started to notice my reaction because this has been happening, you know, the past couple months, just about different things with different people. And I'm like, why am I getting so annoyed in this specific situation? And I think it's because (laughs) of the parental element. One, let me say, you every day... You amaze me with how self-reflective and thoughtful about your own situation you are. Seriously, it's a fucking sight to behold. And two... (laughs) Thank you? Fucking hashtag raised by wolves, man. (laughs) That's what it is. It's... You're not... Since you were a teenager, Uh you've been either working to support yourself or working to help support the household in which you lived. Mm Mm-hmm. So you didn't have parents. You didn't you didn't have you're not you're just not used to that. You're not used to Yeah, but even how older people give advice to younger people. No, for sure. And even before Especially in a parental way. Right. And even before that, I wasn't used to it. I mean, I think starting in middle school, it was like, you know, my my dad was gone by then or he was about to be and then my mom was working all the time and so it was like you need to get yourself ready here's an alarm clock um 
I'm not going to be around. Make sure yeah. you don't miss the bus or you're not going to ever go to school. And yeah. so from a very young age, it was like, okay, getting myself up, you know, getting myself a jello, you know, <laughs> a jello um, and taking care of my stuff. And then like, no one cared about my grades ever. No one was yeah. ever talking to me about my grades. Never once. We have similar experiences that respect. Cause I, I never remember being chastised or grounded mm-hmm. about bad grades. Yeah. And then when I was a teenager and I started working, um, I I would stay out until like midnight, past midnight. Um, no one ever talked to me about that. Right, you know, there were right. no rules. There was no one talking so to me. So you set yourself up to not be used to people saying, hey. Here's what you should do. Here's what you should do. <laughs> be on the lookout new- for this. I'm like, excuse me. I, I got it. Okay. <laughs> I got it. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, and I don't want to do that because I really, you know, it's nice and it's it's, it's that they care and they they want to do Listen, that. So I shouldn't be so resistant to it. That's why I reflected on it. I'm like, well, why am I reacting like this Even inside? the fact that you reflected, like, huh, I'm recognize this, I'm doing a Britney page right now. I wish I had like computer, like, except with you, <laughs> it'd be like, a robot? with you, it'd be like dot matrix printers in the background <laughs> whirling because you, you're not a tech person. <laughs> and uh, you like, oh, this doesn't seem like a healthy behavior. Yeah. Why? I need to analyze and figure out why this is happening. <laughs> you You run the numbers and then you figure it out. Yeah, that's not I don't think that's super normal. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not something I do. I'm happy just to go through my life being an asshole all the time. Well, like, well, oh, man, pissed off. Get off my lawn, you know? Well, I think the first part of it is. I don't think, hmm, why is it that I want them off my lawn? <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think recognizing it is the easy part. And then the hard part is actually making the change. So check back to see if my annoyance goes away well, and go, I'm able no, well, to. It, it, I don't no, say anything, by the way. It's not like I'm like, Ugh, you know, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, I don't do that. But I, I just I don't like the reaction that I have, even silently. I, I kind of want to. You mean the murderous thoughts that are silently running through your head? No, just the. The I, fury, the heart filled with rage. Just the. Murderous desire. <laughs> How dare you give me advice? Yeah, yeah, but it, I'm, <laughs> I'm not resistant to that in other settings, yeah. like at work or whatever. Like that's that's not who I am. So I that's how I traced it to the. It's more of like a parental thing. Like yeah. here's the life advice. It that makes I'm giving total him. sense. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell? I got it. I've been taking care of it for a while. I got it. I know how it works. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the life. It is. It's funny with even like friends of yours and people you interact with, the people you went to school with who are like, man, it's great adulting, isn't it? It's awesome to be an adult now. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, motherfucker, <laughs> I've been working since I was 15 years old. 16. Shut your God, 16, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I've been adulting since I was not an adult. We all have different life experiences. Wow. Again, metered. Even in 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 the end. So you have uh we talked about your broken arm and that's I just walked in from my appointment at the VA. Yeah, that's that's all solved now, right? <laughs> yeah, right. They gave you everything that you needed, they took care of you no. right away. God damn, let me tell you something. You had to wait a month for the appointment. I'm assuming that you walked in the door and they had all the necessary people there to really work on you. No, well apparently it's been three years since I've been seen by my VA doctor. Not good. I yeah, whatever. So she's also like, Well, you need to start coming the, once a year. I go, Yeah, it's not gonna happen. I'd love to get my hair cut every two weeks, too, but I also only get it done every three months. 
Yeah. Going to the doctor to check on your health is very no, much like getting no, a haircut. No, it's an appointment that I don't want to fucking do. So I just, so right, anyway, so, health, so here's so. the deal. So mm-hmm. I set the appointment for the arm. <laughs> so I go in and she's telling me, oh, you haven't had a tetanus shot since 2009. I don't know why she sounds. <laughs> what is I, don't she? Know, I don't know why she sounds like a morning zoo she's DJ. She's Rush Limbaugh yeah. <laughs> on talk radio. Well, we're going to give you your your wacky your wacky morning zoo checkup, everybody. Okay. No, so she goes through and she does her thing, and she your 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 cholesterol is not good, and <laughs> this is not good. You're fatter than you should be, or you're, you're way more than you should. Yep. That's not, she didn't say fatter. You're a fat slob. She's not a YouTube commenter, Brittany. Yes, she so might we, be. So anyway, know. yeah, she might be. So anyway. We, we get through all of that, mm-hmm. and then she like closes her laptop. It was a computer, but you know she closed logs out, mm-hmm. and uh, she goes, "Okay, well, Julie will blah blah blah." And I go, "Whoa, what about my arm?" Mm-hmm. She goes, "What about your arm? What do you mean?" I go, "That's <laughs> why I made the appointment." Yeah, I didn't do it to get a refresher and catch up with you after three years. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't, seems like they have it together. She didn't even put a hand on me. Didn't touch me she didn't like oh let's like a you know like a like a hinge like oh let's see where it hurts let's yeah, yeah. bend your she did none of that she goes oh well I'll, I'll make you an appointment for sports medicine and you'll have to go to long beach mm-hmm. the the naval or the the va hospital mm-hmm. in in long beach yeah <sighs> well so what's the what's so then i said well it hurts really bad mm-hmm. and you've seemed to be resistant to to prescribe me any pain medicine in the past. As doctors no should be. No opioids. Yeah, but not not so resistant that, nope, never. Mm-hmm. I said, look, I don't exhibit drug-seeking behavior. I said these things to her. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not, I don't I exhibit drug-seeking behavior. Yeah. I'm, this is a, I don't know. It's pain, man. At the top of the list of drug-seeking behavior might be someone walking in saying, hey, man, I need some opioids. Yeah, but I've never <laughs> asked her. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. But I'm just being honest. I'm Look, I don't ask you for pain medicine. I'm in pain right now. Mm-hmm. Help me out. She's like, oh, sorry. I guess you're rolling iced water bottle on it. <laughs> well, we, we can have a separate conversation about that. We after did recently the, tell. After the show. Yeah. No, we no, talked I about mean, it. I talked to her about that, too. But oh, I I'll see. save that for after the show, because it's not as entertaining. Got it. So anyway, here I am in pain. And then she wanted me to get a tetanus shot, like I said, since it's been since 2009. I heard those are painful. And they, Yeah, painful. And she says, hey, uh, which arm? It's going to be hurting. I said, well, this one already really fucking hurts. It's going to be hurting. That's great. It, it's going to cause a, a pain, a, hurt, a, a sore arm. So yeah. which one? I go, well, this one's already... Pretty much. <laughs> this one already hurts. Pretty much fucked. So yeah. let's just go with this let's one. Let's make it worse. Well, I don't want two hurt arms. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, VA, get your shit together, man. It's a bummer for you. Not a, not a, not, uh, you know, I am stealing healthcare after all. Mm-hmm. David Wadsworth, mm-hmm. birdball and anchor extraordinaire would think so. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> birdball and anchor. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we are. Arms still hurting. Don't have an appointment. They're going to call me. Probably never. Yeah. They also gave me another number for something else to, to make set an appointment. And they said, well, don't leave a message because they won't call you back. Keep calling them. Oh, my God. Wow. That's unbelievable. It's for an ultrasound for something. Yeah. Something that's serious. It's unbelievable. 
Yeah. And don't leave a message because your health isn't important enough for them to call you back. Wow. Uh, God bless the USA, everybody. Good times. We love our veterans. Oh, we love the troops. Yeah, Tommy Laren and Donald Trump on fucking mountaintops proclaiming their love for the fucking troops while they completely fuck me every way they can. You and many other Yeah, veterans. well, you know, I, I'm not feeling the pain of other people. Yeah. Well, I'm not as reflective as you and empathetic. I'm worried about Jesse D. All right. Tying it all together. We're professionals over here. Goddamn. <laughs> anyway... Speaking of professionals who do their jobs well, let's let's get to some listener feedback. Let me calm down a little bit. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. It's Kelly from New England. I just really wanted to call and thank Brittany for her extremely kind words. You caused me to burst into tears in a cafe in Providence, Rhode Island. Because uh, the whole thing, I mean, you know, feels like this Herculean task, and it's like you're chasing this horizon. So knowing that there really is an endpoint is so, I'm getting emotional, so beyond helpful. And I really, really appreciate everything you guys do. And I love your show, but that was, that was really moving. And I wanted to let you know that I was deeply moved by that advice. And, and thank you. Thank you very much. And I hope you guys have a great time. Okay, I'm going to go before I embarrass myself. Bye. Thank you for that, Kelly. That's awesome. Well, let's give a little I- context. She didn't say... She was speaking like coded language. She Kelly is getting ready to finish grad school. Yes. And in a previous episode, she called in and asked Brittany a little, you know, off the cuff advice. How do you get through your last semester? Anyway, so Brittany said some stuff and apparently it was meaningful. Apparently Kelly doesn't react to advice like like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, that's great. And we're really excited for you, Kelly. Make sure you keep us updated on the process as you go through it. And once you cross that finish line, we're really excited for you. Yeah. And Providence, huh? Yeah. Good, good, t- uh, good times there in the, in the Providence. <laughs> I've spent some time in Providence. Yeah. It sounds like it. Cause I was, what? It sounds like it. Cause uh, you're right. referencing the city. Well, I, like I, you have I, some familiarity with I was stationed in Newport, Newport, Rhode Island and uh-huh. you know, Rhode Island's the size of like our neighborhood. It's tiny. Yeah. So that's what I've heard. I, mean, I, mean, I, I watched Green Day at a concert and watched the guy get his nose broken. Mm, a big Green Day fan, huh? But, no, I was not. But, you know, it was something to do. Mm. It was something <laughs> to do. Interesting. God damn. All right. Uh, again, we love you, Kelly. Uh, take care of yourself and let us know how things go. Moving on. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Amber from St. Louis. And I have a comment in response to something you said at the end of bonus episode number 72. Jesse, you said something about maybe you shouldn't be as much of a dick. Um, I have not been a listener long enough to have been a part of the, no, we want to hear you swear. But let me be the first to say, I don't want you to stop being a dick. The, The thing is, you're not a dick for the sake of being a dick. That's just how you come across with your your passion and your enthusiasm and everything that you have to share. And I don't want you to lose that. That's something that I look forward to. That's something that I appreciate. So please, don't stop being a dick. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. I, I want to say two things, which is the, the first thing is um, she sounds a lot like two different listeners like combined yes jamie in washington yes and jillian in san francisco yes. and it, it really it's like it's like a 
like an amalgam of those two. Yeah, it was really Jevy, uh, Jamie heavy. <laughs> I combined Jamie and heavy. Uh, <laughs> Jamie heavy in the front, and then it was Jillian heavy in, the, re- in the back. Are you reviewing a wine right now? Okay. Oh, I got the Jamie notes on the front, and then oh, it really finished with a nice uh, Jillian. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing, is reviewing <laughs> wine. Uh, the second thing is, I love how protective the audience gets over us you know like defending you if you talk bad about yourself or defending me if i talk bad about myself it's really nice it makes us feel loved yeah for sure yeah also i love that you're not being a dick for the sake of being a dick you just you're, you're just a dick <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's ultimately what was said and that's fine and then don't stop being a dick because we love how much of a dick you are. That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. She just wants you to be you. Listen, I, I don't really think nice. there's any other way for me to be other than me. It's yeah. It's my curse. Mm. It's it's the cross that I bear, Amber. Yeah. yeah. It's what I do. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's it's the service I give to the world as being Jesse D. Yes, exactly. How fucking arrogant did that sound? Well, I gotta be me, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Amber, thank you for the call. Next up, Carissa in Pennsylvania. Hey guys, it's Carissa. Um, I was just listening to the latest episode Tuesday night. Um, so the fact that Donald Trump wants to sue people for like Saturday Night Live for making fun of him. Do you remember when Tina Fey did an impersonation of uh, Sarah Palin? that first time, and she, I think she literally didn't change any of the words, and it was hilarious. Like, when people are imitating Donald Trump, they're hardly changing anything he says because he's so ridiculous. So does he want to sue people because he's a freaking buffoon? Um, anyway, uh, you know, I always got something to say. Um, also, Jesse, on your video, I, I love the term cognitive slob. That just skims up so much in the uh, in the old uh, mind there. So I love that uh, that phrase. Anyways, love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Uh, Carissa did comment on that video on YouTube and said something. Asked like a question. I don't think she really was asking. It was more rhetorical. But oh, did Brittany have something to do with that line? Mm-hmm. And you don't. You're not in the business of making up clever names to make fun of people. <laughs> you're, you you actually try to steer me away. You do have a say because sometimes the names are too much, you yeah. think. Mm-hmm. And you veto. Yeah. And I take that advice. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I... Unlike you, I'm a good person who can take advice. Yeah. My role... <laughs> my role... I hope everyone understands that. Of course. I'm just, maybe I shouldn't do that. Just the parental element. I can generally take advice. Okay. Um, Yes. I provide the factual framework if I'm doing anything at all for the videos. Yeah, yeah, That's That's primarily my role. So so. uh, can I just say this before we get to the the SNL being really art, literally imitating live? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I think it's awesome that we just had three female callers when podcasting, I think a large critique of podcasting that it's, it's, it's a dude's world. Mm -hmm. And I take pride in the fact that I want to thank all three of you ladies for calling in because 
I take pride in the fact that we have a very varied and diverse audience mm-hmm. that participates in our show. Yeah, I think it really it it it, it points to a, a again a varied um, world experiences and attitudes and belief systems, mm-hmm. and uh, it's one of the things I'm most proud of. Yeah, of our show. Also, the fact that I have you know. One of the hosts of the show is a woman, mm-hmm. which is not a not super super common. Yeah, usually it's you know it's a fucking sausage fest. Mm-hmm. Bunch <laughs> of dudes talking about dude shit. That is correct. Anyway, yeah, um, I'm so glad that Carissa called in about this because we had this very clip that I'm getting ready to play teed up for last time, and we went too long and had to push it. And that is the Washington Post put together the cold open. Of Saturday Night Live last week, mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live last week. <laughs> there you go. Along with Donald Trump's Rose Garden speech, um, when he was d- said that he was going to declare the national emergency, and Carissa is exact. I don't know if she knew just how right she was about this. Listen to this mashup, and like I said, I'll, I'll repeat it, and then we'll go to the clip. It is art imitating life. Let's cut to the chase, folks. We need walls. Wall works. Wall makes safe. They say walls don't work. Walls work 100%. I asked President Xi if they had a drug problem in China. (laughs) And I'm not going to do the voice, but he said, no, 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 me no like drugs, me like death penalty. When I asked President Xi, I said, do you have a drug problem? No, no, no. We give death penalty. To people that sell drugs. Oh, my God. End of problem. So I'm going to sign these papers for emergency, and then I'll immediately be sued, and the ruling will not go in my favor, and then I'll end up in the Supreme Court, and then I'll call my buddy Kavanaugh, and I'll say it's time to repay the Donny, and he'll say, new phone, who dis? And we will then be sued, and they will sue us in the Ninth Circuit, and then we'll get another bad ruling, and then we'll end up in the Supreme Court. Oh, NBC's got their hand up, but they suck, so not them. ABC sucks too, but at least they have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We love the S.H.I.E.L.D. Not NBC. I like ABC a little bit more, not much. Do you feel like enough progress has been made in the talks with China? Look, you're asking the wrong guy. Because I freaking love tariffs. Well, you know, you have, you're talking to the wrong person because I happen to like tariffs. Chuck Schumer is going to say, and I'm not going to do the voice. He'll say something like, Oy vey, you know what, I'm going to do the voice. Oy vey, what are you, Michigana? Schumer's going to stand up and say, oh, it should have been better. Numbers from your own border patrol say that illegal immigration is actually down. No, sit down. I don't like that question. Sit down. Just question sit down. Is, Wait, sit down. Sit down. Could you, could you please answer? Sit down. You get one um, question. Today, you said you were too new to politics earlier in your administration. Is that an admission that you are, in fact, just kind of winging it? Come on, doll, I'm learning. Well, I'm learning. I mean, I am learning. Don't forget. Jim Acosta, CNN. Oh, seriously, man. How do you keep getting in this room? I mean, I'd love to just build a wall around Jim. You know what I'm saying? There's numbers that show undocumented immigrants committing crimes at much lower levels than native-born Americans. Oh, my God, Jim. Those numbers are faker than this emergency. You're CNN. You're fake news. You have an agenda. Uh, the numbers that you gave are wrong. I just see our new attorney general is sitting in the front row. Please stand up, Bill. Such an easy job he's got. He's got the easiest job in government. Such a great job. 
but still he's working for me, so I give him three months tops, okay? <laughs> Dead man walking right there. Next question, okay. So, yeah, at a certain point there, it was difficult to tell them apart, kind of. Uh, and I mean, aside from the fact that this is very close representation of what's actually happening, um, just having the president call for retribution. Yes. And looking into them. Yeah. I mean, that's like we talked about last time. That's really scary stuff. And I know Alec Baldwin came out and said that he um, considers this an attack and he, I, I don't know the exact language that he used, but it was something to say that he was fearful for, right? his, for himself and his family and their safety. Yeah. And because of retribution, words like that. Right. You know, when I first heard that, I thought to myself, ah, fucking come on with that. And then this coast guard guy comes out and it reminds me that there are nutters out there who really take the words of the president. Listen, I sent you a comment while I was in the waiting room at the VA today. Um, I'm going to go to it right now. This is the kind of thinking we're dealing with with with, with these MAG Americans. This is on a video I did called Trump's Dangerous Thought That He's Smarter Than the Experts. Spoiler alert, he's not. And this guy goes, yes, Trump is so dumb. He's a multi-billionaire, great father, loves God, married to the beautiful Melania and president of the most powerful nation on earth. Dumb like a fox. He, all of that, he really looks at Donald Trump with 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 adulation and thinks that he's a man of God who's a good family man, mm-hmm. not of the, looks at the facts that he's banging porn stars and paying off women that he's having affairs with and cheating on his taxes year after year after year. Mm-hmm. What the what is going on? Yeah, well, the love's God part might be the key there because you procl- you proclaim that you love God, and then that kind of covers all the bases for a lot of people. So, um, right. I I do want to talk about since you mentioned it though, the lieutenant in the Coast Guard yeah. that was arrested. So he was arrested on drug and gun charges. But what happened was they they started doing um a little bit more digging in in this investigation, and there was some concern over his behavior. I guess within his unit, he was assigned to headquarters. Uh, with the Coast Guard and he he was friendly with white supremacists and he had a hit list of people in the media yeah, and Democrats yeah. and I, I think we have a clip for it. A chilling terror attack foiled by police. The Coast Guard officer arrested for planning the attack after stockpiling weapons and compiling a hit list of prominent Democrats and journalists is heading to court this morning. Our Chief Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas in Washington with the details. Good morning, Pierre. George, good morning. FBI officials are describing this as a truly alarming case. And if the allegations are true, terrifying. Today, the FBI plans to make an urgent appeal to keep this officer of the Coast Guard locked up pending trial because they believe he's that dangerous. This morning, Coast Guard Lieutenant Christopher Paul Hassan will appear in court, accused of plotting mass murder. According to the FBI, Hassan, who also served in the Army National Guard and Marines beginning in 1988, stockpiled these weapons, including 1,000 bullets, handguns, and assault rifles. All this stored in his small Maryland apartment, they believe possibly as part of a dream to, quote, murder innocent civilians on a scale rarely seen in this country. It was almost like he was a ticking time bomb waiting to go off. The FBI claims Hassan is a white nationalist, bluntly calling him a domestic terrorist. 
They say the 49-year-old had a possible hit list, including the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, Senators Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, and TV personality Joe Scarborough. Accused of secretly plotting online, Googling information, and asking ominous questions like, where do most senators live in D.C.? Do senators have Secret Service protection? Are Supreme Court justices protected? Prosecutors also allege that Hassan studied the strategy of Olympic Park bomber Eric Rudolph, noting that he needed to, quote, have a way to get out, to escape crime scenes. And they claim he had musings of genocide, writing at one point he was looking for, quote, a way to kill almost every last person on the earth, including using biological weapons, a plague, and attacking the food supply. Hassan was arrested on gun and drug violations, but today the FBI is asking for incarceration without bail because they believe those charges are, quote, the tip of the iceberg. Michael? All right. I'm sure they are, Pierre. Thank you so much. So this guy claimed himself as he self-identified as a white nationalist. Yeah. And in a letter that the authorities obtained uh, to a white nationalist organization, a white supremacist organization, he said that he had been a white nationalist for over 30 years and he was advocating for, quote unquote, focused violence in order to establish a white homeland. Um, and this is a little bit of the letter that they obtained. I am writing you regards to your ideas behind Northwest migration. To date, I have read most of your books and briefly looked at your website. I am a longtime white nationalist, having been a skinhead 30 plus years ago before my time in the military. I have served in three branches, currently serving as an officer, never attended college, with two years till I hit mandatory retirement at 30. While I fully support the idea of a white homeland, my friends who still play at being a skinhead at 40 plus years old old say that you are an informant anyway it's hard to read because it's terribly written um no shocker he didn't go to college i I was wondering how's this this is an officer that's a big deal that means you have a college education Mm -hmm. normally Mm -hmm. i mean warrant officers a whole different system of officers anyway I was shocked by that, but now it kind of makes sense. But that reading that kind of reminds me of what you always talk about, Jesse, in terms of the um, when someone gets labeled a hero, right? And kind of the low bar for being a hero. And a lot of times that label is ascribed to anyone in the military, right? Yeah. Uh, When this guy is has been in three different branches. Yeah. Right. Someone might be like, wow, look at this guy who's been in three different branches, except for he's a skinhead. He's three times a hero. Yeah. Um, but additionally, a lot of the media reports have not given all of the names. And I understand that because it was a pretty long list, but they're leaving out uh, one that he had listed on his little spreadsheet, which was Poca Warren. Yeah. Using Donald Trump's language. Referring to uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, who Donald Trump obviously calls Pocahontas. Poca Warren is how he identified her on on his hit list. And so this is really terrifying because of his searches that they mentioned. And he was searching, you know, what happens if Donald Trump is impeached? Civil war. Illegally impeached. Right. Civil war if Donald Trump is impeached. Making these searches. And so you imagine how many other people are out there that are unhinged, that have racist ideas, racist beliefs um, that are being stirred up. I mean, he started searching for Joe Scarborough after a column that Joe Scarborough wrote, I believe, criticizing Donald Trump. Well, listen, this is is scary for one thing, because one, in, in that news package... They said that the FBI has indicated that this there's going to be a lot more that comes out that this is a big deal. 
that that leads me to believe, and I'm speculating here, but that leads me to believe that there's not just one person involved. Unless he actually like had mechanisms in place to inter- to introduce uh, biological weapons into the food supply. It sounds like there's a coordinated effort here. Speculation, but we'll see. The other thing is, this is going back to the Alec Baldwin thing, this is scary. Because when I heard he had a hit list of liberals and, 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 and politicians, I went and looked, found the list, found the indictment, and read the list of names because who fucking knows if this is a dipshit who 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 watches my YouTube videos. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't want to make myself more important than I am, but we've had death threats. We've had uh, the police, the local police department in our living room. That that would not have happened. I don't believe under any other president mm-hmm. because there isn't a fomenting, a whipping up of fear. There, there wasn't white nationalists using the words of the president the invectives of the president in their manifestos. This is a new landscape, a scary, scary landscape. And I think that that Alec Baldwin is right to be afraid of this kind of shit. I mean, he's far more high profile than we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he wasn't on the list, but other people on TV, Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo. Yeah, Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon were on the list. Yeah, so... Naming C- people who work at CNN. So. Van Jones. Yeah. Loving, easygoing, let's all get along Van Jones. Right. Van Jones. This is the moment that Donald Trump became president. That Van Jones. Mm-hmm. This guy wanted to murder. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also a white supremacist. Oh, right. So. He's black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't see color, Brittany. So I just, you know, it's just a guy who's translucent. Right. <laughs> that is a joke, everybody. Everybody knows that's a joke. Save your emails. So, listen, scary times. I mean, I, I don't know. I, we kind of, that was scheduled for later <laughs> in the show, but we just, we went there. So, yeah. Uh, we well, you mentioned thank, it. Yeah, that's true. We, we it's your fault. Glad we got the fault settled. Good job. Can we talk about. Um, I, I, I want to thank the callers, drop the email, and then do the mid roll. Then we'll talk about that. Per- perfect. It's your show. Let's do it. Wow. That's unnecessary Mm. and kind of rude is it thanks everybody for calling in we appreciate it we'd love to hear from you 657-464-7609 of course you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to i doubt it at dollamore.com support for i doubt it with dollamore comes from generous engaged intelligent and good-looking listeners like you by way of patreon Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. So we don't have any new Patreon supporters to announce, but we do want to thank everybody for their loving and loyal support. We do want to say that we're going to pretend that the month of February has a normal amount of days in it. Um, (laughs) And the Google Hangouts that we do, the Zoom Hangouts now that we use Zoom. The video Hangout calls that we do with Patreon supporters. Right. Of a certain tier. You have to go look for that tier and join. I believe it's... Five and I think it might be five bucks, yeah. yeah. Um, Friday, March 1st, 
and Saturday, March 2nd. Those That's will, right. Those will be the February hangouts. And then I believe we're going to have the March hangouts on Friday, March 22nd and Saturday, March 23rd. Yes. Yes. Not at the very end of the month, but just before the end of the month for March. That's so right. I'm going to email those dates out on Patreon so everyone has a record of them. But I thought I would give everyone that information because you're probably wondering. I was. Yeah. I bet you were. I was. That's your that's your your deal. You schedule that stuff. And then I'm also putting the finishing touches on the newsletter. Yeah. And we are going to be recording that Patreon only AMA tomorrow. So I yes. know everyone's like, what the hell? The deadline was a long time ago for the questions to come in. You still haven't recorded no, it. No, the questions didn't go away. Okay. We're, we're yeah, they're do still it. there. We're yeah, we're doing it. And we're acting like people are bitching about it, but I don't think anybody's bitched about it. <laughs> they haven't. We really appreciate that, guys. Thank All you. All right. So what was the thing you wanted to talk about? Uh, McCarrick. Oh, yeah. Catholic Church. Wow. Yeah. So he was known as Cardinal McCarrick, but he was defrocked. Yeah. Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. So now he's just Theodore McCarrick. Now, I want everyone to remember that this is an imaginary punishment because they just removed his uh, Catholic power in the church. Yeah. So being defrocked. It's like molesting a bunch of kids and then you get fired from your job. That's not, uh, nobody's feeling sorry for the guy who just doesn't get to be a mechanic anymore. Yeah, and he's 88, so he's been doing a lot of damage his whole life. Yeah. And now he's at the end of his life, and who knows how much longer he will live, uh, but he's just now receiving some kind of punishment. Right, at 88 years old. Right. And given all the news surrounding him, so just so everyone knows, he there was an investigation into him that was launched by Rome uh, after the Archdiocese of New York found allegations of sexual misconduct against him. It found them credible last summer. Right. So, But this is the first time that a cardinal in the United States has been defrocked. So that's why it's kind of, quote unquote, big news in the Catholic community. It's also big news because he's a cardinal. And for those of you who aren't Catholics or don't follow this bullshit, when, when a pope dies or quits, there's only been a few who've quit over the last 600 years, but when a pope leaves and there needs to be a new pope named, all the cardinals get together in a thing called conclave, and they vote to name one of themselves to be the new pope. So this guy's like one of many vice presidents of the Catholic Church. He's one under the pope. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. This is a big, big deal. So, so the, the argument that this sexual abuse scandal doesn't really reach the top of the Catholic Church, it's not that endemic. It's just a few priests. Nope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's this not goes to the top of the fucking Catholic Church. And also, please don't say that because you will look very uninformed, <laughs> choosing a very kind word, right. uh, because there are constantly hundreds of priests being named in all kinds of different yes. cities. Please sign up for the Daily Religion Headlines email from Pew Research Center, and you will have an email filled to the brim with news every single weekday about hundreds of priests being named in new sex abuse scandals. Yeah. So one thing I do want to do, though, is we have a, an old clip where, for some reason, McCarrick was on with Tim Russert when he was the host of Meet the Press, who knows what was going on. I'm assuming maybe Catholic Church sex abuse drama. They had to because he was asking this very question. Yeah, and he asked, Tim Russert asked him directly a question about uh, there being a special place in hell for people in the Catholic Church, priests and, and other, you know, top officials who abuse children. Do you believe there's a special place in hell 
for men who represent Christ on earth and abuse their flock? Well, well, there's a special place in, in hell or not. There is certainly a special terrible judgment on, on someone who would abuse the trust that a priest must have, that a priest does have. And that's, that's all part of, uh, part of our religion, that, that the priest is supposed to be father and, and brother and friend and guide. And if that is destroyed, and if it's destroyed with young people, with children, it becomes all the more horrible. I don't know if, if there's a special place in hell, but little boys are just so enticing. I don't can't control myself. Fuck this guy. Well, I want to really highlight this, though, because think of how sick this is. Yeah. This is someone who, now we know, was abusing children. Maybe hours removed from abusing a child. And he, he goes on, and did you see how expertly... He evaded that question and turned yeah. it around on people who actually accuse or or just come forward with their real experiences that they yeah. have had being abused by people in the church. And he turns it around saying that anyone who, who abuses the trust that a priest must have, a priest is like a father, is like a brother. Oh, oh, really? They're like a father and a brother? Because I don't think that's the role you were taking. Yeah. No, you were a predator. You were a predator. And, of course, this whole um, conference that the Catholics are having right now uh, on the sex abuse issue with uh, Pope Francis coming and, and talking about, you know, the little children and saving the little children. Um, I wanted to highlight something that, that he actually said, which is terrible. He connected people who attack the church. Let, let, Let's put it in more personal terms. The Pope attacked us. People like us is us. So go ahead. Continue. Yeah. He he said people can't live their whole lives accusing the church of wrongdoings. And he referenced the Bible and rhetorically asked who the office of the quote-unquote great accuser belongs to. Talking about people who accuse the church of wrongdoing. Right. Right. Um, and then he says the devil and quote, and those who spend their lives accusing, accusing and accusing are, I won't say children because the devil doesn't have any, but they are the friends, cousins and relatives of the devil. So we are friends of the devil of Satan because we want to hold the Catholic church to account for its crimes against thousands of and thousands of children. Seems to me that the roles would be reversed and those who are abusing the children, who are raping, systemically raping thousands of children, they would be the instrument of Satan, not the people who are trying to uncover the horror and the crime. He also added, quote, well, when things are not right, one has to report the defects to correct. But when you report the defects, defects, you make known the defects. You love the church. Wow. So I think what he's saying there is if you're going to accuse, if you're going to bring forward your accusation somewhere in there, you must also protect the church. And that's what kind of bothers me about all this is even with the Southern Baptist news, a lot of it comes back to. How can we protect the institution? How can we save the church yeah. from the reputation being tarnished? That shouldn't matter at all. That shouldn't matter at all if you actually care about human beings. 
Um, Which comes first? Which is most important? Yeah, these are kids. Yeah. Right. Who are going to be scarred for the rest of their well, life. Let's let's quickly think about how Jesus talked and what he said about was he talking about protecting the institution of the Pharisees and the, the, the religious class? No. He was daily taking a shit on the religious class, on the organization of the church, and he was suffer the little children to come unto me. He was a man of the people, worried about the people. I, I don't believe Jesus gave a rat's ass about the organization of religion. And the Pope isn't living a Christ-life existence, isn't protecting the kids. He's protecting the goddamn organization. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, uh, we'd love to know what you think about this. 657-464-7609. As always, email those voice memos to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So apparently we are maybe a week or weeks away from the release of the Mueller report. Uh, CNN and some other media outlets got a scoop that it was happening. It still feels feels um, premature for me. It feels early. Like, I don't know if that's true, but I got to believe they're reporting because I don't have any other information. But something is happening here. That I want to talk about, not specifically about the indictments or whether the report's going to be released, because all of that is just rank speculation on the parts of everyone, because no one knows. No one knows what Bill Barr, the new um, attorney general, is going to do, whether he's going to make some parts uh, public or if he's going to release a copy to Congress, if Congress is going to have to subpoena and go to court. We don't know any of that. And to talk about it at any length at all, other than what we just did, is... Uh, not serving anybody well. Right. Just whips people up into a fury worried about it. Because mm-hmm. you can't control what you can't control. Right. Logic, Brittany. Mm-hmm. You can't control what cannot be controlled. Yeah. Well, and everyone's been in a fervor surrounding this news that the, the Mueller report is soon to come. Although I will say this time it is different because, and I don't know why, where the reporting came from to make it more official, because this has been floated for yeah. several months, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. kind of hear periodically, Hey, it's on its way. Yeah, going back to a Jesus theme. It's like the rapture. Yeah. Forever. Jesus is any day. Now Jesus is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. The date keeps getting pushed out. Yeah. Same with the Mueller report. And I've seen people saying that we need to be prepared, right? We need to prepare ourselves (laughs) to accept... What, what is happening? You know, that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that the Mueller report, report has been released. Well, because I think, a, <laughs> I think a lot of people are hoping that the report says here are this is this needs to be prosecuted. Yeah, right. Right. Here's what happened. And I recommend uh, prosecution. Yeah. Right. But what if the report comes out and the prosecutorial judgment isn't. Uh, he needs to be taken down. Yeah, well, that's likely to be the case if he follows current Justice Department policy, which is 
uh, or opinion that a sitting president cannot be indicted. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's well, very we're in very weird territory here. Well, and that's kind of the conventional wisdom wisdom surrounding this, which is j- just because there may be a decision not to prosecute doesn't mean that there isn't still an issue of ethics. Yeah. Or impeachments. For sure. Absolutely. So just because the findings may be something that they can argue is a good thing (laughs) doesn't mean that it actually is a good thing. Yeah. So people need to keep that in mind. But in terms of accepting what the report says, I mean, if there's something that comes out and there's reason to not accept it, then that's obviously important. But without any evidence that something was done wrong or nefarious happens, then we should accept it. We shouldn't be people who are... I 100% believe that. Okay, yeah. No, I for sure do. Yeah, that's our position here on the show. Yeah, (laughs) we are are in lockstep there. Okay. Because I believe Mueller to be an honorable man. Yeah, yes. And also, look, man, you don't get all these indictments and Russians and Americans and all this bullshit and have there be no no smoke at no fire at all surrounding Donald Trump that it's all just these dozens of bad actors circling the president and then he himself is just you know as pure as the driven snow not a fucking chance we've seen evidence for 2 years of behavior from Donald Trump that leads us what am i doing the fucking sing song right now yeah you kind of are <laughs> and then we're going to know that he's a criminal because of Roger Stone and because of Paul Manafort and because of Bill Gates and because of George Papadopoulos because of all the russians <laughs> oh god what an embarrassment so, so anyway nah. me or him both a little bit of both yeah <laughs> So, this is what I want to talk about that is bizarre AF to me. Wow. AF, Brittany Page. (laughs) And that is how Donald Trump is now acting like a normal, reasonable dude when asked whether or not the, 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 the potential release of the Mueller report should be made public. It is, it's like he's, it's, Total calm act, not crazed word salad guy. There are signs Robert Mueller's Russia investigation is nearly done. And tonight, President Trump is asked if the report is turned in next week during his trip to Vietnam, should it be released? ABC senior White House correspondent Cecilia Vega with the president's response. President Trump today said his new attorney general, William Barr, will be the one to decide just how much of special counsel Robert Mueller's report the American public will see. Mr. President, should the Mueller report be released while you're abroad next week? That'll be totally up to the new attorney general. That'll be totally up to him. Should the report become public, do you think? Uh, I guess uh, from what I understand, that will be totally up to the attorney general. Sources tell ABC News Mueller is expected to turn over his final report to the attorney general soon. During his confirmation hearing, Barr would not say how much he plans to make public. My goal will be to provide as much transparency as I can consistent with the law. I will not let personal, political, or other improper interests influence my decision. This as former acting FBI director Andrew McCabe, as part of his book tour, opens up about why he launched a counterintelligence investigation into the president himself. Do you still believe the president could be a Russian asset? I think it's possible. And today, President Trump fired back. Well, I think Andrew McCabe has made a fool out of himself over the last couple of days. And he really looks to me like sort of a poor man's J. Edgar Hoover. He is a disgraced man. 
Let's get back to Cecilia Vega live at the White House tonight. And Cecilia, I want to turn back to the Mueller report and the attorney general. We know what he's already said about this, that his goal is transparency. But he really has a lot of discretion in terms of how much or how little of Mueller's report he actually makes public. Oh, he sure does, David. When Mueller's team finally wraps this report, they will uh, their investigation, they will submit their report over to Barr. He is then expected to alert Congress once he's received it. But after that, it's entirely up to him as to how much he reveals to Congress. You heard President Trump there right here today. He was asked point blank if the public should see this. He says this is entirely Barr's decision, David. All right, Cecilia Vega reporting in tonight. So Thank let you, me, Cecilia. I, I want to talk, first of all, let me say this, um, relative to what we just said we're not going to really talk about, and that is, I'm holding out hope that Bill Barr and his lifelong close friendship with Mueller and also the fact that he's going to read this full report. It's not like he's not going to have access to it. And if it, if it contains what I believe it's going to contain, he won't have any choice but to act on it. I believe he's, he's a decent enough man that he's not going to bury it because he loves the, the, the Department of Justice enough and he loves his country enough to not allow something crazy like we've witnessed the last two years to go on. We'll see. We will see. But did you hear Donald Trump? No attacks. Mm-hmm. No, just playing it straight. Mr. Yeah. President, should the Mueller report be released while you're abroad next week? That'll be totally up to the new attorney general. That'll be totally up to him. Should the report become public, do you think? Uh, that will, I guess, uh, from what I understand, that will be totally up to the attorney general. If, if, if any scripted words have ever been spoken from the mouth of Donald Trump that weren't read from a teleprompter, those are them. He said the same exact thing three times. Totally up to the attorney general. As far as I, my understanding, oh, my, come on, dude. When does Donald Trump, like, oh, I don't really know how, no, this is different. He's acting, and I don't know if he's acting with, like, deference out of respect for the attorney general, so he doesn't do something that's going to harm him, like, try to butter him up, or if, and this is my fear, and I don't want to gen up fear in the audience, but if, like, he, he he's so calm because he already knows it's not going to be released. I think that's far less likely, given the panoply of other points of data that we know. Mm-hmm. For instance, the lifelong friendship, the close friendship between Bill Barr and the, and the Mullers. Mm-hmm. So, so I just, this wasn't an element that I heard covered anywhere. Yeah. And it, it struck me um, profoundly, mm-hmm. his reaction when asked about it. Yeah. Well, and we had listener Marcus on the show. And hello, Marcus. Fantastic. We'll do the drop. Do you have it? I don't have it. All right, cool. Uh, (laughs) Everyone's heard it. We know what it is. Um, Hello, Marcus. Yes. But uh, we talked about the hearing that he that he attended, uh, William Barr, where he had to answer questions. And I think we were all generally in agreement on how he seemed. Yeah. Like not like we weren't concerned about him. And what he might do. Yeah, from from the Russia investigation standpoint. There's right. all kinds of other shit to be worried about this guy being attorney general. Right. Um, but I, I didn't get the vibe that this was one of those things to be concerned about. Yeah, so we'll yeah. see. I mean, anything can happen. We shall see. Yeah. Brittany Page. We will. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's pull this train into the... To, is it out of the station or into the station? Uh, probably out of the station because we're leaving... Oh, yeah. Is that right? There you go.
It's the asshole of today. The cheerleading coaches at Tremper High School in Wisconsin. All right. They host an annual banquet, a banquet, banquet, banquet. <laughs> okay, here we go. They host an annual ban- banquet. Wow! <laughs> Am I going to do it again? What, what is, is wrong with me? Okay. <laughs> So they celebrate the exactly they celebrate the achievements of the cheerleading squad at the end of the year and parents attend. But parents were a little upset at some of the awards that were given to the girls. For example, there was an award called the Big Booby Award. Um, And this the Big Booby as in breasts yes it went to the girl who had the largest breasts what and the coach who gave the award um made a joke that the girl risked having a concussion when she ran because of her quote enormous boobs who said this the coach giving her the award what then there was a big booty award for another girl um and again when the coach was presenting the award said quote we love her butt Everybody loves her butt. Wow. And then another award. We'll just keep going. We'll just keep coming. We'll keep going here. Was the String Bean Award. And Hello, Marcus. I found it. Okay. <laughs> I knew that you were doing something. I can always tell when you're not paying attention to me. You, you fake the, it really well, The String though. Bean Award. Okay, good. Who wasn't paying attention now, uh, lady? Yeah, banquet. So. Uh, oh, wait. Banquet, right? right. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) She was... This thing, this train is going off the rails. I know, It's pulling out of the station. She was, quote, so light and skinny. That's why she got the award. So it's just body image, body image, body image awards. Yeah, and apparently uh, the coaches have said that these were good-natured teasing awards and that, that it shouldn't be a problem. But the ACLU has actually yeah. issued a formal warning um, saying that it might sue um, because the, the school needs to take corrective action on this. And what's interesting to me is you have, so we, we have these discussions a lot on the show where girls have these dress codes, right? They have to be completely covered. Yeah, right. And girls They're are the like ones. Bra straps can't even show and shit. Yeah, and girls are the ones who are uniquely burdened with this task of covering their bodies so as to not upset boys. Not, I mean, make boys happy, right? right? Um, to, to prevent boys from losing their minds and not being able to focus, yeah. right? And then they, they highlight their... Their boobs. Also, these are kids. This is high school. So children. You're objectifying children is what you're doing. Yeah. It's another um, element. But I mean, girls are always faced with this at a young age, right? And where when I tutor, I talk to young girls, you know, 12, 13, 14. And I hear from them that even at this this age already, they're learning what their body is supposed to look like. Right. And if it doesn't look like that then they're not attractive. Yeah. Right? And to have... You spend a great deal of time counteracting that, though. You do a... For me, I'm very proud of how you... Like, when people talk to... When, when student kids talk to you about, oh, you're probably one of those people who could just eat and eat and eat, and you're so skinny, and you're so tall and br- pretty and blonde, and you're like, I don't, I don't know how you exactly you deal with it, but mm-hmm. every time you told me a story, I... Wow, that's awesome. Well, I recently Modeling actually good behavior. I felt like I was kind of passing the torch recently because 
um, I did have a moment where I was kind of trying to impart some wisdom on the kids and hopefully they don't hate parental advice. Um, <laughs> but I, I told them, I was like, you know, I, I, I was under these same pressures as a teenager and I started wearing makeup at like 16 and I had perfect skin. You know, I, I remember I had like three zits one time and I thought I had acne and I went to the doctor and I was like, I want some acne medication. And he was like, you don't have acne. <laughs> You have three zits. Yeah. I can see them. They're there, They're, but that's not acne. Right. And I was like, oh, well, it is. And can you give me some anyway? He's like, well, I'll give it to you. Sure. And then I was allergic to it and broke out in hives. So it was like <laughs> the perfect total, lesson for me. Total karma. Yeah. But I, I was telling the kids I used to wear this full face of makeup and it got so bad that I wouldn't even leave the house to get the mail without a full face of makeup on at 16. Wow. Which is really sad. And now there's, I can hardly bring myself to shower. Like sometimes I, you know, I, I go like three days without showering. I was going to say something, but. (laughs) So I told the kids that I was like, listen, and I wish I could get all that time back. Yeah. That I worried about it, that I spent doing it because I could have been learning math. You know what I mean? And I'm telling these kids this. It's more important to surround yourself with people who value what's valuable about you. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure it just went in one ear and out the other. And just like it did for me when I was that age. Listen, this is this is a a worthy asshole of today. I I mean, the only explanation I think I may have nailed it here is that these coaches. (laughs) What? That was amazing. I think these coaches may be time travelers from like 1960. Oh, where it was totally cool then yeah and they've just like what what do you mean you can't talk about the boob size of a teenage girl yeah that's what is this bananas world we live in yeah yeah god damn yeah so hopefully they find new awards and find ways to hopefully they find new fucking coaches what are you talking about no new coaches but also if they're going to continue with this banquet hmm uh, they can they can find some new awards yes. and recognize someone that you know thinks on their feet helped a friend yeah uh, right you know d- does a community service something that actually matters absolutely yeah so all right that's my rant for the day. That is it. Thanks, you guys. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate your loyalty. We appreciate you helping support the show on Patreon. If you have not yet supported the show on Patreon, if you're not yet a Patreon family member, a producer of the show helping us create this content, we invite you to teamdollamore.com. Teamdollamore.com. That'll redirect you to Patreon. You can select an amount. A cup of coffee a month goes a long way, or the amount you would spend toward a cup of coffee a month goes a long way toward supporting the show, helping us create not only the podcast, but also the videos on YouTube, amplifying we what we think are very important messages and having very important conversations. 657-464-7609 is how you get a hold of us. You can also email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you guys and God damn it, we will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore and this has been I Doubt It. Hmm, why is it that I want them off my lawn? <laughs> <laughs>